75 down, 290 to go. My name is Chris. This is At A Theater Near Me, the podcast where I go to the movie theaters every single day for an entire year. Today, I'm going to be talking about the movies Jackass Forever, as well as All My Friends Hate Me. Uh, also going to discuss my trip. I went to see Jackass Forever at the AMC Tingsboro. And I also kind of want to go over theater counts uh, and kind of explain what theater counts or screen counts, like what that all means and talk about the, the four new releases coming out this week. But before I go any further, are you sick of skyrocketing prices and vendors never having anything on the shelf? For 40 years, KL Jack has been the premier industrial supplier for Northern New England. They are a proud family-owned company headquartered in Portland, Maine. They proudly distribute quality brands such as Lennox, 3M, DeWalt, and strong, durable, American-made biking brand drill bits and cutting tools. Head over to kljack.com right now and use promo code TIM10, that's TIM10, to get 10% off your first online order. KL Jack has the quality fasteners, abrasives, safety products, cutting tools, and chemicals you need to keep costs down and to keep rolling. KL Jack has locations throughout Maine and New Hampshire, but shipping nationwide daily. You order it, they pick it, they pack it, and they ship it. If you are an electrician, plumber, or work in HVAC, this is a no-brainer. If you have any industrial supply questions, reach out to Tim Riggles on Twitter. That's at Tim Riggles, so at T-I-M-R-I-D-G-O-L-D-S. Or go to kljack.com to make your order today. And don't forget to use that promo code TIM10, it's TIM10, for 10% off your first online order. Okay, I went to the AMC Tingsboro to see Jackass Forever. I have never been to this theater before. I have a question for anyone who grew up in or around Nashua in the early 2000s. I want to say I saw The Patriot at a theater in Nashua way back in like 2000, 2001. Was there a different theater in Nashua that has long since closed? Because if you don't know this area at all, AMC Tingsboro is literally right over the line. Like you could throw a rock from AMC Tingsboro to New Hampshire. It's, it's that close. So it's basically in Nashua. Um, it's right across the street from the Pheasant Lane Mall, which is just barely in Nashua. I think it even bleeds into Massachusetts, but it's considered uh, New Hampshire. And that's obviously done for the sales tax reason. Same thing as the Fox Run Mall, which I've talked about, or the Rockingham Mall in Salem. Um, New Hampshire has, has the same type of situation where they're obviously just taking advantage of that sales tax or lack thereof. Uh, this theater, I don't believe I've ever been to unless I'm just misremembering it, but this theater has been around for a long time. Uh, it opened in 1991. I guess it was a sixth screener at that point. Uh, it was General Cinema Theaters at that time. Uh, and then it expanded to a 12 uh, screen theater uh, in 1996. Uh, obviously, I said it's, it's since owned uh, by AMC. And it's it's in kind of rough shape. I would say of all the AMCs I've been to, this one is in is looking looking the roughest. Um, it's a small one to their defense. It said only twelve screens, which a lot of AMCs like the one in Methuen is twenty screens, I believe. You have the one in Danvers, I think that one's nineteen. So typically AMCs are pretty big, and they, AMC does a pretty good job of renovating them pretty quickly. So I mean, when I'm saying this is the the roughest of the AMCs. That, that's pretty tough company. AMC, the AMC theaters, at least in New England, are usually pretty high quality uh, when it comes to the, the seats or just the sound or the, or the screen. Um, this was probably the worst thereof of all those three. But all in all, though, it was a perfectly fine theater. 
I will say they have that MacGuffin's bar. Uh, I did not. I, I was a matinee, so I was not. I was not checking out the bar too much, but it looked very small, almost looked shoehorned in. So obviously, AMC, because every AMC theater I've been to has that MacGuffin's, but it must be some sort of deal they have where they it's forced to be in there because it's so out of place. There's no reason for that bar to be there. I can't imagine it does big business, or I can't imagine this business big enough where you couldn't have uh, it done by the concessions. But maybe there's some sort of liquor licensing where they don't want they don't want that sold in the same place. So this building was recently sold. Uh, it was sold right before the pandemic, March 4th of 2020. I don't know if they, whoever bought this uh, Alpine Income Property Trust um, must be regretting this purchase potentially. They bought the AMC Theater, which is just under 40,000 square feet. So it's still a fairly large building, even if it is a small AMC, uh, for $7.05 million. And I guess it's going to be an AMC for a while. AMC had just re-upped their lease right before the sale. I will say the area around it is not doing well. So like I said, this is right across the street from the Pheasant Lane Mall. So there are a number of strip malls right near this AMC theater and they are primarily vacant. I mean, there's a Joanne Fabrics randomly, there's a couple of random stores, but it just felt like an area that just seemed better days. So I, I, I'm curious what the long-term plan of that is. I, I'm always nervous that these theaters are going to close. Uh, hopefully that's not the case because that area, Nashville's the second biggest city in New Hampshire area definitely needs a movie theater. I always get nervous when a building is sold, especially a movie theater, especially post pandemic. It's just like, how long is this movie theater going to be around? But I have no idea. I did not say in this article how long that, that AMC lease was. Okay. I want to take a second and talk about theater counts and screen counts and explain what the difference is between these two. So a theater count is pretty easy to explain. It's simply a movie theater. So AMC Tingsboro, for instance, that's one theater. So if they're showing the Batman, they might show it in six screens, but it's only going to count as one theater. And this really is the metric people use now in 2022. But when I was growing up in the 80s and 90s, screen count was the metric that really mattered. Because let's say the AMC Tangsboro is playing the Batman in six screens. They would have gotten six prints sent to them. And that's really what movie studios and box office projectors were looking at to best predict what future business would be. Because I know if I send you six Prince, it's going to have a much better chance than if I only send you one, obviously. But that doesn't even matter anymore because everything's done digitally now. So let's say you have the AMC Tingsboro and you want to have six different screens showing Batman. As the movie studio, I'm only going to send you one digital copy. And then the, the theaters themselves can use that one copy for the six screens. They don't rely on prints anymore. So when I say screen count, I really should be saying theater count. I'm going to try to do a better job of saying that moving forward. So the reason I want to talk about it on this episode is um, you're hearing this on Saturday. So this weekend, we had four new releases with fairly significant theater counts. So the good rule of thumb that I use is if it's in 4,000 theaters, that's considered a, a massive release. So for instance, The Batman is in 4,300 theaters right now. So that's the only movie that's over 4,000 theaters. Um, if you're in 3,000 theaters, that's, that's a wide release. And we have uh, three movies that are in the 3,000 uh, territory. You have Uncharted at 3,700. You have Dog at 3,300. And then this one of the new releases is X. So X is one of the four movies coming out this week. It's in 3,000 theaters. Um, and it's distributed by A24. Uh, X, if you don't know, is that rare combination of porno meets horror movie. So I think it has a lot of excitement around it. Um, 
you know, horror movies typically do really well in the box office, especially opening weekend, especially right now. when I think a lot of audiences are looking for a hard R movie. Like you have the Batman out, you have uncharted, um, and even dog, but these are all PG 13 movies. I think, I think there is a, an audience for older teenagers or young adults for something really scary. The problem with A24 is, like I said, though, they don't make any money. So, you know, A24 is known for doing high quality work, um, but they haven't really hit too much on, on box office success. So A24 is banking on this and it looks like theaters are willing to take it. So I'm curious to see if this experiment works out where you see an A24 movie get such a wide release. So then if you're in 2000 range, I consider that a nationwide release. And that's pretty substantial. We have three movies that are in the 2000 range. We have Spider-Man No Way Home at just under 2,600 theaters. And then a new one, Jujitsu Kaizen. This is an anime movie. I had no idea this was coming out until last week when I was talking with Jeff Bach. Both of us, were t when we had our conversation last week, we had no idea how many screens, this, how many, excuse me, did it again, how many theaters this was going, going to be in, but it's going to be in 2,500. Now, a year ago, there was an anime film that came out that did quite well in the box office. And I think uh, the distributor is Funimation. I think they're trying to recapture that magic from last year. And it looks like it paid off. Uh, the Thursday sneak preview brought in two and a half million dollars. So that's, that's basically movies that are starting from seven o'clock at night or later, only on Thursday. And Jujutsu Kaisen already outgrossed what a movie like Bell made in a couple of weeks. Remember, I covered that movie Bell for the show, I think back in January. Now, Bell never opened up in nearly as many theaters as Jujutsu Kaisen is. So it's not really a fair comp. But just goes to show you, this is an anime film they really believe in, where with Bell, even though it was also an animated movie from Japan, that didn't get the same kind of confidence. But I did want to talk about these two other new releases that are coming out this week. You have the outfit from Focus Features. Focus Features typically is, is going to put out smaller movies. And, and this, this is exactly that. It's a Mark Rylance crime drama. It's only opening in 1,300 theaters. Now, for a while, it looked like this might end up getting the 3,000 theaters that maybe X is getting. But you can see right here, like movie theaters are much more excited about X than they are about the outfit. Uh, I'm seeing the outfit um, very soon. I think uh, the next episode you hear, I'll be uh, with Ned Snark talking about The Quiet Man. But then on Tuesday's episode, I'll be talking about the outfit. I don't know how long this is going to be in theaters for. Something like the outfit where it's an adult crime drama, it's really also going to depend a lot on reviews. Um, but if a movie theaters are only willing to put it in 1300 theaters, it's not a lot of confidence there. And the last new release is Umma. This is the Sandra O oh horror movie. That's only going to be in 800 theaters. Now it's pretty obvious what happened here. X is completely dominating the horror demographic, at least as far as theaters are concerned, theaters would much, much believe much more in X than they do in Umma, uh, which makes sense on a lot of levels. Um, eight twenty four. The trailer is awesome for it. Like it's, it just has a real excitement around it where Amma doesn't have any of that. Uh, I'll be seeing Amma pretty shortly as well, I believe. So those are the four new releases. Uh, I am excited that at least we're getting four new movies in one week that are in that many theaters. I mean, even Amma at 800 theaters to be the fourth widest release uh, in one week. That's a sign that maybe box office is slowly coming back. Distributors and movie studios are more willing to put out these movies as opposed to just leaving them on the shelf like we saw in January with Morbius or we saw even Disney Plus do with Turning Red. I would say the confidence around the box office right now is the highest I've seen um, since the year began. 
Okay, I'm going to get my review of Jackass Forever in a second. But first, I wanted to update you folks on budget month. It is still March, so it's still budget month uh, and give you a quick update where I am. I've now spent $2,693 up to this point so far this year on this endeavor. Uh, the good news is I have the AMC Stubbs, the A-list pass. So I was able to use that at the AMC Tingsboro. So there's no additional charge for that ticket. So now I've now spent $35.91 per day. And if I averaged out the entire year, I'd be at $13,106. Still trying to get under that, into that $12,000 range before budget month is over. Going to see a movie every day is a tough task, both logistically and financially. Luckily, with the help of Tom Treshock from CNA Financial Group, you can reduce your worry about the financial planning portion. Tom's approach helps show you your big financial picture and find different ways to build income and protect wealth, all while maintaining your current way of life. To schedule a meeting with Tom to find out more, give him a call today at 732-403-7747. Once again, that's 732-403-7747 to book your meeting. I'll make sure I put all of his information in the show notes. Registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, securities products and advisory services offered through PS member FINRA SIPC CNA financial group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS. Give Tom a call today. He will be happy to talk with you and help you out. Okay. Jackass forever. Jackass forever is a really fun movie. Giving this a B. This is probably going to be one of the best comedies I see this year. It's certainly one of the best comedies I've seen in the last decade. Plus the comedy landscape right now in movies has, hasn't been this bad since the 1960s. Uh, I talked about it a little bit on Quantum Week when we covered the movie Good Boys. Good Boys is a really funny movie. You can make a case that's a top 10 movie of the decade last year for comedies. It has no business being ranked that high. But it's a genuinely funny movie in a time when there aren't very many genuinely funny movies. I haven't seen comedies this week in movie theaters uh, since the 50s and 60s. And, and what was the problem in the 50s and 60s? That was a time when you had a very strong motion pictures code. You were really restricted on things you could say, things you couldn't say. Things were very safe. I mean, you saw it obviously on TV with you know people not even being able to say the word pregnant. They, everything was very puritanical. Things aren't puritanical necessarily uh, anymore, but now we are constantly at the risk of offending people. And that has really limited some of the comedy choices we have at the movie theater or just comedy is not coming out at all. Like, like I've been doing this project now for what, almost three months. How many comedies have I seen? The best comedy I've seen so far before today was, was Bridesmaids. And that's a movie that came out almost 10 years ago. Now, could Bridesmaids be made today? Yeah, I think it probably could. There wasn't any, anything uh, that wouldn't be able to hold up today. But a lot of the other Judd Apatow movies you know, probably couldn't be made or they'd be made very differently. It hasn't been that, we're not that far removed from the 2010s. But I can point to the decade before that and I can point to a number of classic comedies, whether it be The Hangover, 40-Year-Old Virgin, Superbad. And that's only 10 years earlier. Like, I don't know if, if it's just a situation where we're just too close to it to be aware of it. Like, like it or not, comedy in movie theaters has really changed. And you have a lot of I mean, creative people that are not going to make the same movies they did a, uh, a while ago. Like Todd Phillips, he's, he directed The Hangover. He came out about a year or so ago and said he doesn't really want to make comedies anymore. He made The Joker. And he's like, I don't, I, I'd rather stick to dramas because you can't really make comedies in this climate. And he got dragged for it pretty hard. Uh, a lot of people are coming out saying, oh, that's an indication on, on what you find funny or that you're not willing to work a little harder to, to make something funny. So let's go to 2021. 
I'm going to give you the list of the top comedies by box office and I'll give you the ranking they're in. So I'm going to skip all the Marvel movies and I'll go to anything that could even remotely be considered a comedy. So in 10th place uh, that year is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Ghostbusters Afterlife is not a funny movie. It's much more of a science fiction movie than it is a comedy. I don't know anyone would consider Ghostbusters Afterlife a comedy. Okay. In 11th place is a movie called Free Guy. Uh, this is an action comedy, I guess, with Ryan Reynolds. I don't know if anyone would call that a straight out-and-out comedy. Uh, in 12th place is Jungle Cruise. And that's a family comedy at best. I don't know if anyone would, would consider Jungle Cruise to be a comedy either. In 18th place is Space Jam, A New Legacy. I don't know if I consider Space Jam a comedy either, but you can see that when I'm saying comedy in 21st place is The Boss Baby 2, Family Business. In 22nd place is The Addams Family 2. I'm reading off children's comedies. You're not seeing any adult comedies because once again, that would push back on something being offensive where a children's comedy, those will always exist because they're not going to bother anyone in theory. In 41st place is Nobody. This is the Bob Odenkirk action movie. I don't know if I'd consider that a comedy. Would anyone consider Licorice Pizza? That's in 51st place. Dear Evan Hansen in 57th place. That's not an intentional comedy, but some people said that was the funniest movie of the year. I cannot find a single actual comedy that made over $10 million last year. And you may say, oh, well, you know, Chris, it was a pandemic. Movies didn't make money last year. Well, 67 movies made over $10 million last year. And not one of them can be considered a traditional comedy, like the ones I mentioned, um, or like even Jackasses. So Jackass coming out and then making a decent amount of money made a big profit for Paramount. This movie didn't cost anything to make. Uh, I think it cost $10 million to make, and it made uh, over $50 million domestic and an additional $25 million worldwide. So we're talking you know, $75 million box office on a $10 million budget. Proves that there is room for rated R comedies. And you got to give the guys at Jackass a ton of credit. And, uh, you know, it's funny when the, some of those movies I mentioned, like The Hangover or any movie that came out in, you know, Office Space or any movie that came out in the late 90s, early 2000s, Jackass was considered incredibly offensive. That was considered to be pushing the envelope. When it comes out in 2022, it's the least offensive comedy you'll find in a lot of ways because it's just guys having fun. So in 2000, when Jackass comes out on MTV, yes, it's in people's homes, it's on MTV, so it's not a rated R movie, so anyone can see it. But that really offended so many people. And like I said, it comes out in 2022, and people are just enjoying the movie at the theater. So you would think, oh, that's a great sign. It's a, it's a point that we are evolving. We're finding less things offensive. But I think we're just finding different things offensive now. And, and now it's, it's everything else, apparently. But as far as the movie itself, it's very funny. Uh, I definitely recommend checking this out. It's just fun. They're having fun. They make it fun for the audience. The way it's edited is super quick. Uh, could it have been 10 minutes shorter? Yeah, probably. Um, but some of these, some of the things they're doing, I mean, Steve-O has his penis used as a beehive. It is so painful to watch. Uh, it, it is, but like I said, they're doing things that you would never even imagine being done and it's all happening in front of you. They're all laughing the entire time. Everyone looks like they're having a great time. It's probably the closest thing to a party you're going to see in the movie theaters. Um, just a really fun comedy. And I just, I just hope this opens the door for more rated R comedies, but I, I, I don't, I don't think so. I think studios look at this as, a, as an anomaly and be like, Oh, that's just the jackass guys. And then still not make rated R comedies. Uh, I think people are really scared. I think people are really nervous to push the envelope at all. And jackass is so good at what they've been doing and they've been doing it for so long. They could probably get away with more, but on the flip side, they're so ahead of their time 
that they don't really need to get away with anything. They're not really doing anything that would be considered offensive in 2022, even if it was offensive in 2002. So really fun movie. I, I said, I hope I'm able to see more comedies that I would be this high on. Um, but Jackass River is certainly going to be one of the best comedies uh, I see this year. I saw another great comedy. Before I talk about that, I want to tell you folks about the amazing popcorn at Popped Gourmet Popcorn. Popped has a store in Salem, Massachusetts, but they also have an online store at popstores.com that has over 100 flavors available. They have a full-time popcorn chef that comes up with new and creative flavors each week. They offer bulk popcorn, corporate gifts, wedding bags, and more. They can do almost anything in any size, and best of all, they can ship anywhere. They have flavors like salt and vinegar. That's my favorite. They have coconut cluster, Chicago style, which is the caramel and cheddar. Look, this is the perfect option for me when I get home from the movies now that concessions month is over. If you go to popstores.com and use the promo code MOVIESWITHCHRIS, you'll save 25% off your entire order. So go to popstores.com, P-O-P-P-E-D stores.com. Use the promo code MOVIESWITHCHRIS, C-H-R-I-S and you'll get 25% off. Go check out their flavors right now. Okay, all my friends hate me. Uh, I'm not gonna spend too much time on this um, because it's not available for streaming. It's not really playing many places. I saw at the landmark, uh, Kendall Square in Cambridge. This is a very funny movie. It's a, what I would call a psychological comedy, like a psychological thriller. I found myself I found, I found myself laughing at a lot of this, but I also found myself like on the edge of my seat for a lot of this and kind of like nervous and anxious. It's almost like a horror movie meets some of the most like awkward Michael Scott office moments. Uh, it's about a guy, uh, he's 31 years old, and he's meeting up with his old college friends for a birthday weekend. Uh, this all takes place in England. I didn't recognize any of these of these actors uh, or actresses. I've never seen anything by the director, Andrew Gaynord. Uh, it was written by Tom Palmer and Tom Storton. Um, Tom Storton plays the lead uh, in this. It's, it's his birthday party. Uh, and he goes to the, the house in England and his friends are, he doesn't know if his friends are fucking with him and just being mean to him or if they're just busting his balls. And he spends the entire movie kind of going between that. And it, it's also, there's a, another guy in the mix as well that really creeps him out. And he's starting to wonder if this other guy is dangerous. Uh, it's definitely worth worth seeing if you have a chance to. I, I'm hoping that once it's out of theaters, it will be playing on streaming services, but it's called All My Friends Hate Me. I'm going to give this a B plus. Uh, now, technically, it came out in 2021, so uh, Jackass Forever is still the best comedy of 2022, but uh, All My Friends Hate Me is the best comedy uh, I've seen, along with Bridesmaids, I guess, for, the, for this endeavor. Um, I will be back tomorrow uh, with Ned Snark. We're going to be talking about the movie, the John Wayne film, The Quiet Man, which is available on streaming. I think it's free on Hulu. Uh, it might be in a couple other places as well. If you want to check that out uh, before we talk about the movie, it's directed by John Ford. Uh, who has won four Oscars for Best Director, and that was the last movie he won the Best Director Oscar for, but he's also directed The Searchers, uh, an amazing career. The only director ever won four Oscars. So we'll be talking about that movie tomorrow. I will talk to you folks then.